Hi, I'm Justin Zyduck, and welcome to Indefensible Inc., the podcast where, ordinarily, Ryan McClure and I take a closer look at some notoriously and allegedly terrible comics and comic runs. But today I'm joined again by my brother Zach for a loose, informal, shoot-in-the-shit session about comic books. Whereas I started reading comics when they were on newsprint and cost 75 cents to a dollar, and I have enormous long boxes and comic racks chronically in my history with a hobby, he came in from superhero movies and cartoons and video games and reads trades on a more discerning basis. Um, our reading habits are very different, but there's one thing we have in common. Uh, we are both insufferable nerds who like to sit down and while away the evening pontificating about superheroes. Uh, join us, won't you, for a series within a series that I like to call Brother from Another Podcast. Today's topic, Captain America. So uh, I will. I, I should warn you, Zach, before we begin. Um, I have loaded up my hot take cannon. Oh God! Before, before we got here. Thanks so, for that. You know, like you should maybe you should take some antacid now for all the spiciness that. Oh God! Okay, it's gonna be. <laughs> be but, no, I actually, but uh, I actually took some tums earlier, so I'm good. Excellent. You're. Uh, so like, no. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about Captain America with you is that you and I, um, obviously, as I alluded to, have. Sort of have different histories and come at this from different angles. I read Captain America comics and I was very excited for a Captain America movie to have, you know, what I think of as Captain America. And you were more like, this is where you discovered Captain America, right? I mean, I obviously knew about Captain America, like you said, um, through, um, I mean, just knowing you, first of all. Right. And from video games, cartoons, and that kind of medium, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what is it about the uh, MCU version of Cap that really speaks to you? Well, I mean, from my limited knowledge of Captain America, it was different than I expected in that he's a little bit more of a relatable kind of person um, rather than the, I guess, character that I had built up from, honestly, just a few comics and a few cartoons. Like the Spider-Man animated cartoon, I remember him being very fuddy-duddy and you know, not very interesting. Mm. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, I, I didn't really like the whole, I mean, I get that he's like, you know, quote boy scout or whatever, you know, because that's just kind of the era he came up in. But, um, you know, I, I just didn't think it was going to work really as well on screen. Like how Superman has kind of had troubles. Right, and that's why I think um, these Captain America movies have really sort of like it's more frustrating now that they don't make a good super a super good Superman movie because it's like everybody's always worried like oh Superman is going to be too you know nice and he's not going to ha- he's not going to have enough conflict and it's going to be too uh, you know like you said Boy Scout but like really like as, especially like in the Marvel you know cinematic universe when he's up against like Tony Stark and like. You know, Doctor Strange and Star Lord and all like the various like agreeable douchebags of the of the MCU, like people like this about Captain America. You know, like they like that he is like a decent guy. Yeah, I mean this this is a whole different can of worms getting into like Superman stuff, but um, that was 
the kind of thought that I had when I saw Justice League, which you never saw, um, or like Batman versus Superman, which again, you never saw, uh, was that Superman is kind of the character I wanted to be, you know, all, I guess all American or whatever, you know, that kind of idea, but like how I, I wanted to be like the righteous guy who stood up for what's right. And I think um, the MCU Captain America kind of, kind of does that in a more realistic, like nice way to do it. It mm. strikes a nice balance. Like I said, frame of reference would really be the Spider-Man cartoons and that Marvel superheroes game that, you know, the arcade game that I had that where he would literally say the words like stars and stripes. And that was, <laughs> you know, like his catchphrase. And I thought, Oh, that's pretty lame i mean to be <laughs> I, I don't know it's it just even as a kid i was like that's not really a character i'm interested in delving into and that's something that i think especially like his like sort of over the top kind of you know hot dogs and apple pie usa i think it's something we'll we'll get to um as we talk a little bit more so what does what do you feel that chris evans brings to the so it's you like chris evans it's pretty, oh yeah definitely it's not, not it's not a spoiler for anybody <laughs> um, oh, by the way, speak, speaking of which, like this is gonna this podcast will contain spoilers for every Marvel movie and Captain America comic up to twenty twenty. So odds are, if you're listening to this, you have seen them. I'm, unless I'm sure, unless sure. you're Justin and you refuse to see Batman versus Superman or Justice League or something like that, where I I probably never will. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> still weird to me. Topic for another podcast. Topic sure. for another podcast. <laughs> so what so what is it that you think like that Chris Evans really brings to the role? Well, like most people who heard the announcement like back in that must have been 2009, 2010 when they were you know going through and trying to cast the role um and I heard it was Chris Evans, I was like that is the guy from who had a banana up his butt in not another teen movie. And who was Johnny uh, Johnny Storm in Fantastic the Fantastic Four movies, which were pretty bad. But I did like him in those Fantastic Four movies. And yeah, I mean, everybody says like all the good things about that movie were Michael Chiklis and uh, Chris Evans. But it is yeah. a very different kind of character that he's that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's so in my mind at that point he was maybe too young or something like he was the cool guy in fantastic four and he was the cool guy in not another teen movie. So I didn't really see him in a serious acting role. And then couple that with me thinking he's going to be stars and stripes, man. You know, I didn't think that was necessarily going to be a good fit, but I mean, just going to the end of it, it was amazing. His entire run with it. But um, him as an actor is just, he, he's very, and not even just as an actor in like, you know, you see him on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And he just seems like a very sincere, genuine person. And, you know, he's not afraid to like talk. I mean, he talks about, you know, in interviews about struggling with uh, depression and all that kind of stuff and like serious topics. And you wouldn't think, you know, that that good looking dude from not another teen movie would have like some inspiring words to say, but he kind of does, Mm. I guess with that, with just his personality, he brings a 
a nice balance to a reality where you kind of believe that this is a guy that could exist in the world. Mm-hmm. He doesn't overplay the the goodness or whatever. He just is. You know, you don't you don't have to be overly, you know, overly righteous or something. You can just play it off as a really good, you know, a well moraled person. And I think that's actually um, part of the secret as to how Christopher Reeve played such a good Superman. I know you don't watch those movies as much as as I do, but like both of those, like Captain America and Superman are both like, you can puff out your chest and you can, you know, you can do that and say stars and stripes or up, up and away. But like, they both really take it down and like let the suit do a lot of the work, you know? And like that, that's actually what, um, again, to go far, even further off topic. Um, that's what I think Harrison Ford really brings to both Indiana Jones and Han Solo is that those are like roles that you can go totally over the top with because they're cartoon roles. And he like plays, I mean, he plays Han Solo at like a two, you know, like mm-hmm. on the dial. And that because of that, it's like you kind of buy that this is just like a guy who lives in the, you know, in this in this universe. Yeah, it's that lived in universe thing where, I mean, it's just like they they slapped a vest on Harrison Ford and just like filmed him. And he didn't really know he was making the movie. It's just kind of like I, how he is. I saw something the other day about how there is a, uh, there's a, apparently an, an uh, interview from like 1980 where he says like there is no footage of him on film to date that he was not high for at least a little at least a little <laughs> bit but um <clears throat> so i don't know that the same is true of chris evans but but uh no i think i think that's a big part of it is is trusting that um you could bring a sort of a a natural um centeredness to it i think rather than overplaying it mm-hmm. and that's you know and ever i think everybody in the Marvel cinematic universe thing has sort of has that down. And I think that's part of the reason why it succeeds is because they're all sort of taking a step back from being as big as they could. For about the actors in general in the MCU, the the best example of it would be Robert Downey Jr. doing Tony Stark, where it really is. It seems like it's just how Robert Downey Jr. is. And again, you know, not coming from a huge comic book background, I just kind of assumed that's what he was always like, but it really like, I mean, the comic books kind of mimic the actors and like, even with Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, he's just kind of like, I mean, not so much in Thor one or Thor, the dark world, but, um, as they got to about age of Ultron and, um, with, especially with Thor Ragnarok, they kind of realized, Oh, he's a funny guy. Let's, just yeah. like add his person let's inject his personality into it and i don't know about thor i know they did it for iron man but for thor they might have i guess you don't, would probably wouldn't know either but he might be more more enjoyable to read because he's a little bit more human now mm-hmm. i can make jokes no, i think yeah i think that's something that the all the marvel movies have sort of leaned into is that they get Sometimes I hate the term, like, it has a hangout vibe, you know? But it does, like, it's... Especially, like, it really caps off in, like, that whole scene in Age of Ultron where they're all sitting around, like, just sort of, like, you know, talking and stuff. It becomes where, like, the MCU is, like... You know, it's it, it's hard to, to say what actors are really like, you know? Because, like, everything is a persona, mm-hmm. even when you're do, like, doing press tours and stuff. But they all seem to get along, like in press tours and in interviews and they always talk about like, Oh, I have a funny story about Chris and I have a funny story about Scarlett. 
and they seem like they are like they're they're the super friends, you know, and that's that's why you like these movies is because it's like I like these actors. These actors are basically these characters at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like let's just watch this like fun group of friends put on you know not always even complete superhero costumes and just sort of like go off and go off and do their thing. What is interesting about Chris Evans though is that you know his background being more of a I mean, in real life, he seems to be more of a carefree sort of, I don't want to say party guy or something like that, but I mean, they always make the jokes about like, oh, he's the one who plans when we go out to the bars and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> they kind of make like womanizing jokes about him, which is kind of funny, but like not, in an okay way, I guess, <laughs> not in a creepy way. But it's funny because like he's always, he always has a sort of like almost captain america ish like embarrassedness when like somebody brings that up like scarlett johansson will say like oh yeah he did this and he's like eh, you know mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> but it, what's yeah. funny about that is that so while the actors in the movies kind of make the comics into their characters i kind of feel he maybe did a little bit of a reversal where he is a little bit more he has a little bit more responsibility i think yeah maybe i mean like he kind of I, took I, on some, he took on some Steve Rogers in his personal life. I feel like, I mean, that goes back to him going on Twitter, and it's amazing seeing Captain America, you know, talk <laughs> about about U.S. politics nowadays, and it's just funny to to, to see that taking. You're like, that's Captain America. Holy shit! They they do all seem to take it seriously. I think like they have fun, but they all like. I think and that's part of the success too. Is that like they all like. They take and like you see like Robert Downey Jr. did that thing with the the kid with the prosthetic, mm-hmm. and how it's like you know and like and they all you know they all do that, but I think they really make a point of, like, we are going to be some somebody that's like okay for the kids, you know, right, and that's and that's part of why I think that maybe Chris Evans like sort of likes likes to downplay like that he you know likes to party or whatever because it's like no I'm Captain America I should be <laughs> I should be, I should be the designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> but no i think i think that's i think that's uh that's the, I, I think if, if anything is the success of the marvel you know universe because people keep trying to crack this this code and like their own extended cinematic whatevers i think it's just that like, they got a, a bunch of actors together who aren't assholes and get along and generally seem to be decent people who knows what would happen if edward norton was still you know on board like would he fit into the the super friends as well as Mark Ruffalo has? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of their casting process is like getting them all to hang out together and just kind of vibe off each other and see what works and what doesn't. Um, yeah, I think so. So during that whole casting process of Chris Evans for the first Captain America movie, he was like unsure about if he was going to take the role. He didn't want to be in a huge franchise for years and years. And Robert Downey Jr. was the one to kind of come in and say, hey, you're, you know, we, we're all together. We we like each other. We do this together. Right. Um, I think you'd have a good time. Yeah, and I, I, do, I do sort of wonder if, like, I mean, if the DC movies have, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not like coming out swinging against DC. I have, I would like to see good Superman movies and good Batman movies. Um, no, but I think that's maybe the thing is that they, they are more like, I mean, dude, do Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, did they want to hang out? Like, 
you know, like offset and like have a have a laugh. Like I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's, th- you you did get a different a different feeling that like these are not they're not all they're not all pals, and that's what you like about the Avengers is like they're all friends now, and you get to see you get to hang out with them. Yeah, I mean during the during the uh, press junkets for Batman vs Superman, it looked like they were just kind of meeting for the first time almost. Right. Well, they were all like they, they were all on green screens. They were all on green screens. <laughs> Whereas the Marvel guys are all on green screens, but they're all on green screens screens together. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you know, nobody's mustaches CG'd out during these at all. Uh, so, do you think that? Um, so, at one point when they were in the casting process, one of the people they looked at it was John Krasinski. Is it? Is it? Is it Krasinski. Krasinski. I spelled it out in the notes like Krasinski. Yeah. But um I, I got there. I knew what you meant. <laughs> uh so do you think that it would have worked, you know, with him or with like a different actor specifically? Honestly, probably yes. I don't know. It, it's one of those alternate timelines. Like I can't un unsee Chris Evans in that role now. Right. Um, if John Krasinski had gotten it, I probably would say the same thing. It'd be like, yeah, I can't believe they almost had not not another teen movie to get to get in this. I can sort of see what you mean about like it would probably probably be at least okay with John Krasinski because like he's got. I feel like so. I feel like what he and Chris Evans both sort of have, and what they bring to Captain America that makes like this Captain America different than Congress Captain America is like like a puppy dog vulnerability. Yeah, the human side. Right. Mm. I mean, and even going by, I mean, I remember seeing fan art of John Krasinski as Captain America and people were like, oh, look at him and his, you know, his dumb nose and his big ears or something. But like, you know, I think they would have, he, you know, and it's funny too, because it's like both very good looking guys in Hollywood, like, you know, whatever, like people are going to say what they're going to say. People, I'm sure people don't like how Chris Evans looks. But um, I saw those and I was like, oh, I could see that, you know, like actually, especially after the first Captain America came out, I was like, oh, I could see the, the way they did Chris Evans as Captain America. Right. Um, I could see him also fitting in in that kind of world. I mean, they're both kind of similar looking and they're both Boston dudes. I mean, they were just in a Super Bowl commercial together being Boston dudes for whatever self-driving or self-parking car. Are they, are they both from, for. from Boston? Yeah. They're both from like the same area and stuff. Huh. And they're like friends, I think. I, you know, it's good that they are friends and like, it just, just hasn't ruined John Krasinski's life or anything to have not been. Cause like, I, I always feel a little bad and I, that like do, so do Gray Scott lost out on being Wolverine because of Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible, <laughs> screwing, up, screwing up your superhero yeah. movies. But <clears throat> but um, I, I have heard that, like, Hugh Jackman and uh, Dougray Scott, like, have hung out, and, like, Dougray Scott is not, like, I can't believe that I threw my entire life away <laughs> to be, like, like apparently... The second Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> apparently, Dougray Scott is doing okay, and I was very happy to hear, <laughs> to hear that, because I thought... <laughs> That could be like the worst thing of your entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what I was surprised to hear about too was, I mean, the fact that John Krasinski like brings it. I mean, yeah, talk shows 
late night talk shows are pre-scripted basically you know kind of outlined and um you know so he knows what's coming but that he's willing to talk about it and kind of make jokes about it and his whole thing was that he went in to test for captain america he had the you know he was like in decent shape he was getting in up there and you know he had the captain america first avenger costume on and you know he's like oh man i'm feeling pretty good about this and then chris hemsworth walked by and he's like hey mate looking good and and he's like no no not for me and he just like took it off he was just like yeah like like that's actually thor i can't do this like i don't you know and that that could just be like a you know saving face kind of thing that he said you know Mm -hmm. that that he kind of gave it up but um i don't know i i it's funny that he can joke about that now and it's also interesting that he's married to emily blunt who was she was supposed to be Black Widow for Iron oh, Man yeah. 2. And, and um, she couldn't do it. Like, they wanted her apparently first. And she couldn't because she was filming a different movie. And that movie was Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels with <laughs> Jack Black and Jason Segel. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, this husband-wife duo missed out, you know, kind of on... MCU because of, well, I mean, John Krasinski for whatever reason and Emily Blunt for <laughs> Gulliver's Travels. That's kind of a weird, you know, horse to hitch your wagon to, I guess. But you see how, like, everybody keeps trying to, like, replicate the MCU and, like, their own whatever franchise they have. Like, everything with the MCU was so, like, lightning in a bottle, everything just sort of happening to work together. Because, like, any piece out of the out of the thing, like... You know, what if Robert Downey Jr. after the first one was like, screw this, I'm, you know, I don't do this anymore. Or I, I really think it is like, you cannot replicate this. This is like a totally freak thing that shouldn't have worked. Iron Man 1 didn't even have like a script when they were when they were shooting it. Mm-hmm. This could have totally tanked. And that's like, if Iron Man 1 had not been good, then like we wouldn't be talking about this today. It was just, they, got, mean... they got lucky that they got the right people at the right time who were available and didn't have other things going on. And, you know, all these pieces fell together. It's pretty, it's pretty miraculous. Well, even with their success that they had, I mean, with Iron Man being the monster, it was then Iron Man two, you know, it was still, it was just more Iron Man. So people loved it. And whether you love it or hate it or you're in between or whatever, it's neither here nor there, but it made, you know, it was doing very well. And then Thor and Captain America came out and, you know, those did very, not very well, but they did well. Very well. But, um, I mean, even with those hits, when the first Avengers was being made, you, we, we made a bet. Right. And you were so convinced that, the, like, this movie was just going to either not get made because it was just a logistical nightmare or that it was going to be completely awful. And yeah, because it was going to be like, are they all going to fight about how much time they have on screen? Are they all going to... But, like, everybody is just totally, like, part of the, you know, part of the, the baseball team or whatever. Yeah, I mean, nobody is is sitting on the sidelines going, oh, man, I wish I got that home run, you know? They, they're, they're just happy their team is winning. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, yeah, none of this is, was guaranteed. I mean, like, and then like when Joss Whedon was, I heard that Joss Whedon was coming aboard. I'm like, man, he has had no luck with any projects ever in Hollywood, except for Buffy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is going to, something bad is going to happen. And nothing did. And then Guardians right. of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy came out and we were like, oh, I don't know. Like even I, as like a comic guy, don't really know much about Guardians of the Galaxy or have any like, a, you know, my inherent affection like, is this, are they going to take a big old bath on, like, trying to make Star Wars when they are also just bought Star Wars? And then everybody right. loves Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. And, then, you know, so, like, and that's, that's why, like, when people are like, oh, are people going to, you know, are people going to like the the Eternals? Are people going to like Shang-Chi? Is like, at this point, like, probably, they, <laughs> they, they, got, they got a good track record. You, you should probably expect that, like, they, they'll probably pull this off at this point. I mean, at... I think the count is 24 movies right now, like up to uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And they haven't had any just complete disasters. Yeah, I mean, everybody says like, oh, Thor Dark World isn't good, but it's like, it's fine. You know, like when you're, yeah, when, you're, I, when, doing... you're watching, when you're watching Thor The Dark World, you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you go away from it and it's like, oh, I don't remember anything about Thor The Dark World. That must not have been very good. But... It was the the worst the worst they got is yeah it was a good time right but uh but spe- speaking of the MCU um what would you think and of John Krasinski as long as we're uh, digressing uh, what would you think of him as Reed Richards as the internet uh wants wants him to be uh having him as Reed Richards and you know everybody wants to, Emily Blunt then to step in as Sue Storm I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but what I hope is that if they don't get the part or however it goes, that the internet doesn't just completely tear Marvel a new one. I mean, I, or even John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, I hope that they don't get flack for, (laughs) oh, they didn't try hard enough or something. It's like, well, Marvel knows what they're, what they want to do and, I don't know. I'm kind of just blind trust at this point. Where... Well, and, and I, I sort of get that, that contrarian vibe of like, like maybe it is a good idea, but like when everybody on the internet says like, Oh, this, this has to be it. I like go into my like natural, like, no, I'm suspicious because everybody says that. It well, that's what them. happened. That's exactly what happened with Dr. Strange though, where uh, everybody wanted better to Cumberbatch. He was like the the popular internet choice mm-hmm. before he was cast, and then it ended up happening. So I, I hope the internet doesn't think that they have, <laughs> like they they don't think that they had a say in it or something. Well, I'm sure nobody on the internet has an inflated sense of their own importance. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Who would do that? Right, but um, yeah, you know, it was sort of like when everybody wanted uh, Idris Elba to be James Bond, mm-hmm. and like everybody sort of like talked them into it, like. Yeah, this is such a good idea. Of course they're going to do it. And they didn't do it. And they're like, why didn't you do it? And even Idris Elba was like, I don't know, man. Everybody was just talking about it. it was, I, didn't, I didn't do anything here. <laughs> or Donald Glover being Spider-Man. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, when, when the, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that the internet can, like, decide this for you. Like, no, you you are going to be Reed Richards. I photoshopped gray streaks in your hair. Like, you can't take that back. I mean, the funny part, too, is with John Krasinski interviews, I mean, he was doing some leading up before the whole pandemic thing going on. Um, he was doing press for a quiet place too. And people were asking him, Hey, so have you seen, you know, obviously he's heard about right. it somehow, 
that people want him to be Reed Richards and whatnot. But um, yeah, people were talking about it and they're like, would, would you do it? And he was like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in, in it or whatever. And so everybody's like, oh, see, he would be, <laughs> right. he, he, wa- he wants to do it. And it's like, that's not a headline that actor wants work. Right. You know? <laughs> would you like, so, like, would you like some money? And would you like money? And would you like it to be something that people liked? Because right. it's probably going to be like, because everybody likes the other 24. Can you, can you, do you want to be in something that people are going to go into going like, I expect to like this. <laughs> right. So sort of changing gear slightly. Um, which Captain America movie do you think is the best? You know, the popular choice is Winter Soldier, and that probably is the better, the best Captain America movie that there is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Th- there's something in each of those movies that you can like. You know, um, Civil War. You know, I'm doing that whole rewatch, and I was watching Civil War, and I really like how Captain America was portrayed in that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know. Th- one of the complaints I was seeing about that movie is that it's like boring when you're not, you know, you don't really, you, you want the whole action thing going on and there's a lot of just character development, but that's awesome. I think that like, that's, that's what I want in my superhero movie is the character you want to give a shit. Mm -hmm. So do you want it? So do you want to hear the the first, the first shot in my, my hot take cannon? Okay, there we go. First Avenger is the best one. First Avenger, head and shoulders. I love that movie, and the I don't you know it's, it's for the movie or for Captain America as a character. Both, actually. I mean, I know that it's like part of the thing is that like it's more of a now that we are in MCU like land. They're like bits and pieces of it, like of a storyline. Right. But like first Avenger is still like a movie that I feel like I would have gone to see as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, like winter soldier is unlike anything I would have seen as a kid. They just didn't make movies like that. Whereas first Avenger and like that, some of it, first Avengers faults are also that it is a very conventional movie, I think. But, um, I, f- I find that like winter soldier, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, that's really good. And, Civil War, I'm like, this is a little bit too long, I think, but this is really good. And then like first Avenger, I'm like, let's get some popcorn. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tear up a little bit when he throws himself on the dummy grenade. Yeah. Okay, so that one established him so well, you know. I like like you said, like that that scene with the dummy grenade and the other part in that movie that you know, in my rewatch I got chills again was you know, he's in the, whatever you want to call it, the cocoon, get, you know, getting the, the serum right. put in and they're cranking up the, the Vita rays and then it gets to like 80% and he starts like, you know, he's in agony and like, okay, shut it, shut it down. He's in pain. Like we can't do this anymore. And he goes, wait, no, I can do this. And it's like, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> like that's what Captain America would do. He's like, he's like, I got to do this for my country. I got it. This is, this is what I have to do. This is doing my part. Right, and that, that's exactly, I, I agree to this. That's, that's what I think is su- such a, just a wonderful, that is a show and don't tell moment, you know, like, and that's, that's part of the things that they, they picked really good ones to show that, that like, yeah, he will jump, he will throw himself in the grenade. He will, you know, keep going, even though it's hard because they 
pick the right things to show this, he doesn't have to make like the speech. Yeah, right? exactly. Is that I mean, s- they'll throw in the speech every couple movies right. or every movie, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, you don't need stars and stripes or whatever. You need you need to just show him, you know, show that he will do what it takes to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And I also think that they one thing that the movies the movies do do, with, I think, in general with Captain America is that, and this is a differentiator from the comics, is that I think like the movies aren't really about America, or he doesn't talk about America. A whole lot like comics writers when they do captain america that's like they're very aware that the, the the guy's name is captain america and they try to go like well what does captain america mean now and i feel like the movies actually don't touch on that as much and i'm not sure if that's because they don't want to be politically you know uh divisive or if they want to play better in other countries that aren't america or if it's that just was my a, thought was that they want to i mean i, I think isn't wasn't the first Avenger called the, the first, first Avenger, Avenger? Poland and Captain America? Like, yeah, yeah, like you know, because they were like, I don't know if the people are gonna see you know, in, Cap- be in the UK and want to see Captain America, right? And I think I think that, I think that is a, a conscious choice, but I think it, it really works in the movies and that, like, I guess, like, I think everybody can agree on kind of like everybody can go into uh, the Dark Knight and pull out like their own meaning from it and that like you can have two totally politically different readings and they're both like supported by the text but it's like loose enough where it's like you can believe what you want to believe and you can see what, it's like a rorschach test you know mm-hmm. and the captain america sort of has that um a little less so in civil war because he actually like sort of comes down on the side and so you know my my problems my problem with with civil war like as a whole concept right I don't, I guess. So, so Civil War, like, I am in both comics and movie form, I am, like, 100% against telling that story. I think that's a bad story to tell in your thing. Because in the real world, you... So, like, we like that Captain America is the head of the Avengers, and the Avengers go wherever they need to, and they do what they what they can, right? In the real world, we don't... We wouldn't want that. Like, we would want, like, restrictions and accords on them. You know, we like Spider-Man when we hate when the cops hassle him. But, like, in the real world, it's like we don't tolerate vigilantism in cities, you know? Like, we don't allow that. But the the, the thing that makes it okay in comic books and in movies is that, like, we know that Captain America is a good guy and he will always make the right decision. You know that Spider-Man is a good guy and he will try to make the right decision. In the real world, you don't have that. And so to pitch it as like an individual freedom thing, it's like, well, no, because like I in the in the movie logic, like yes, Captain America is right. People should stay out of the Avengers business because we know that Captain America is correct. But if the Avengers were real, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever that actually means, you would want oversight on the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And so this movie makes you pick between like, do I want to have a fun? superhero movie or fun superhero status quo or do i want to have like the one that i politically would agree with the most you know i i I I feel like i feel like it like it's like all the all the the, all the batman jokes about like oh is he just a rich guy beating up mental patients it's like if you if you ask that question in the story then like i have to think about that if you ask me like do we want vigilantes to like you know, basically be a paramilitary force acting on their own, you know, impulses and decisions. We're like, well, no, I wouldn't want that. But 
it's okay in the movie because I know Captain America. I know he's a good guy. And, you know, even, even people that you agree with politically in elected offices, like you wouldn't want them to just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, as a movie though, I think civil war, I mean, you have to look at them through the context of when they were made too. Civil war was coming out around the same time as Batman versus Superman and Batman versus Superman obviously came after man of steel. I know I'm, I keep harping on those DC movies, but um, looking forward to the Batman. Just want to, <laughs> just want to say, <laughs> whenever, whenever, sure. whenever that actually happens, right? Wonder Woman eighty four. It's gonna be good. But yeah, so Civil War came out after Man of Steel, and after Man of Steel, everybody went, "Holy shit! Superman just destroyed Metropolis." <laughs> and they bring it up in both, you know, in Batman versus Superman, they bring up the whole fact, like oh my God, this super being just like destroyed the city. Like they don't look at the whole, you know, the other guy was terraforming the planet. They're looking at, you know, what does it cost to have a superhero on earth? Right. And civil war, like maybe they, when they were making that movie, they were listening to all the criticism of man of steel and going, well, we did that a lot too, but nobody's mentioning the fact that all these buildings in New York were, you know, destroyed by aliens. And can I, can I, can I tell you my ultimate, my ultimate thesis is that like people will, people will like on the internet, they will say like, well, you know, and you know, you saw them look after civilians in Avengers and you saw them do this. And it was slightly different the way they did the special effects in man of steel. Ultimately, I think if we're going to be really real here is that if you have a movie that people are enjoying, they're going to overlook anything like that they're going to make Mm -hmm. internal excuses they're going to say like yes that's true but i had a really good time when people complain about that in man of steel it's because they already didn't like the movie (laughs) that is what i think is the is the the key difference there is that in avengers everybody was like we are having such a good time i'm gonna it you know i don't i don't care if this building gets shut down man of steel i know i was watching it i wasn't super enjoying it and I went like, oh man, like that looks like nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like I wasn't thinking about that in Avengers because I was think I was like, in such a great mood, since seeing Captain America tell the Hulk to smash, that mm. I didn't I didn't care, you know. And that's that's like the, that's like the magic of movies is that if you make a movie that people are already enjoying, they will cover up for all your all your problems for you. I mean, the end of Reservoir Dogs. There's, you know about this? The end of Reservoir Dogs is a Mexican standoff. And there's somebody who gets shot, even though there's nobody motive, they there, there was no gun on them. And they just like didn't think about it when they were making the movie. And they pointed it out. But like nobody says, oh, Reservoir Dogs is ruined because of that ending, because they liked Reservoir Dogs. Sure. And so they, will, they will say, like, oh, that's that's funny or whatever, but mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But you also did bring up the good point though of in Man of Steel, you never see Superman go beyond the the last people Zod tries to actually kill on purpose, you know, with his heat vision, um, Superman doesn't save anybody. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there definitely are like differences that like, if we sat down, I mean, I haven't watched man of steel since it came out. So I can't be like, I remember every frame of that movie, but like, if you sat down side by side, I could probably point out like, well, in the Avengers, they do this and Man of Steel, they do that. But really it would just, I mean, when it came right down to it, it would be because it would be because I like the Avengers. Yeah. I will make excuses for it. 
Man of Steel I did not like. I will not extend, you know, expend any energy going like, well, this was, you know, I'm going to justify this. I just, I already don't like it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking of the Avengers, Captain America is perhaps portrayed slightly differently in all the Avengers movies. And like, how do you think, particularly like Joss Whedon, like yeah. handles him differently than everybody else or the people before and then the people after? So, okay, if you're going chronologically, you had the Joe Johnson, um, you know, first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And he was he was the way that I think he pretty much stays throughout the whole thing. And then by the time, so the second one that he's in is Avengers. And you can tell that's a Joss Whedon movie. So, you know, like, I, I of course, love that movie. But there's a little over campiness of Captain America. You know, he'll have the line where, you know, Thor steals Loki away. Black Widow goes, oh, well, you know, these guys are basically gods. You don't want to mess with them. You're not going to stand a chance. And he straps on a parachute and goes, there's only one god, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't dress like that. It's like, wow, that's, that's the first time I was like, oh, this is like the, that was kind of stars and stripes to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that is, I think, so Joss Whedon has, like, a wheelhouse, right? Like, I like, mm-hmm. I, will, I will say up front, I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not as much into some of his other things. Um, his X-Men run was, was pretty good. Um, but he's got, a, like, a definite wheelhouse, and he has, like, things that he's really good at doing. And so, like, Tony Stark is 100% in his wheelhouse because he's, you know, he's snarky, he's kind of a jerk. Um there's not a lot of Captain America types in at least Buffy. I think there's one guy who is, I mean, there's a guy who is Captain America basically, and he is intentionally supposed to be boring is sort of the, sort of the thing there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, he leaned a little bit harder on like, do a little bit more fish out of water, you know, do a little bit more. He's old fashioned. Um, I think another thing that happens is that like, what I think is that like, because, Captain America has how, you know, whatever fraction of the screen that rather than the whole of the screen, he be that you, you would naturally amp up sort of like the easiest things to hit. I think the easiest things to hit are like, he's a bit of a goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. And even that, like, I really like I really like the speech that he gives in Germany about like last time I was in Germany. And so there's yeah, one guy yeah. above everybody else didn't agree with him either. And like that is, a, I really like that speech, but it's a bit much. It's yeah. But, that one was a little bit more, I guess, I, I was enjoying it, so I was willing to forgive it, you know, like you were saying. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I just really wasn't, I liked that part, so I guess I, I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I can see where Stars and Stripes comes in. I guess that that's my term for right. no, campiness, it's just going to be Stars and Stripes. Sure. But... So, I mean, going back to your question about, like, Avengers movies, so then you have Winter Soldier happen, and that kind of changed how, I mean, especially the fight choreography and all that kind of stuff was done for the rest of the time in the movies. Um, So Joss Whedon had to kind of account for that, because he only had one movie to base Captain America off of at that point. And And now he's got three. So by Age of Ultron... There's less of that um, 
kind of campiness, but it still is a little over the top in some ways. I mean, you know, he'll make a speech about if you get killed, walk it off, you know, that, like line, that, that kind of that thing. Line, that line I actually think rings a little false and that, that sort of betrays the hand of Joss Whedon, I feel. Hmm. Um, I also just like the the wood chopping scene in that movie where that you know, that, 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 is, that is exactly the right kind of over the top. Yeah, I mean, the it's, was it's like, over that. Yeah, I like the first time that happened. I, I like you know I I saw it happen, but then it took me about like four seconds to go. Whoa! He just ripped that piece of wood in half. Like he's chopping wood. He doesn't have to do that. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you can't actually do that. He's that's right. He's Captain America. I mean, they already made the point that his his wood pile was bigger than Tony's, <laughs> but like, um, but that was just really driving it home that like, holy crap, look at that guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and there's there's jokes in it too that are Joss Whedon-y that might I don't know, like I I think the language thing, you know, he, Tony's yeah. the first the first line an Avenger says in that movie is shit. And he just goes with language and like, that's a joke throughout the entire movie, which is funny, but I don't know. It's, there were like maybe the last two times they mention it. I'm like, okay, like you don't need to keep beating, beating that horse, you know, to death. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think the, the last one, especially where, where, I, it took me it's one of the lines in that movie that i don't like mm-hmm. nat goes he doesn't like that kind of language and he goes you know what romanoff that line you know what romanoff i really don't like that for some reason because it, it sounds like a guy trying to pretend like he's part of the group but he's not <laughs> i don't know how to explain that better but um yeah, I, I I do think it's all. I mean, especially because like those two Avengers movies are very, they are very much Joss Whedon movies. Like those are, mm-hmm. pe- you know, people complain that like oh the MCU is just like cookie cutter pro- product and they're all the same, but like those Avengers movies are especially Age of Ultron seem like very personal in like a low key way, you know, in a low key way. I know, <laughs> but uh, but you know, like like Age of Ultron is like that's doing that's like got. You know, ideas about it's got it's sort of like a '70s Marvel comic where like everybody was on acid, and they would take acid and walk around New York City and talk about like you ever think about like like the stars and like how far away they are, and they would come back and they would write that into the they write that into the comic. There's like a lot of thoughts about like man, like what are people? Like what are you know? If you made a robot, like would it be like a person? And there's a lot of that kind of like or the thing about like especially where Ultron and Vision talk at the end. Like that is some seventies. Like, I took a big bong rip, and I had this script is due on Tuesday, and it is <laughs> Wednesday, so I have to <laughs> I have to put down what I'm thinking. Oh, he was born yesterday. <laughs> sure, but I also think it's funny that Captain America is even in on the conversation about whether an elevator would be worthy if Thor's hammer was in it, like. You know, to to explain why Vision can lift a hammer, but you know that's that's like a joke that it's like, wow, Captain America is making that joke. I mean, it, it, and it's funny. I like it, but it's just little like it, it's a little out of place, maybe. Hmm. So I think that 
in those first two Avengers movies, you know, I, I like what I like the movies, but they're not the Captain America that in his final form that I like mm-hmm. that the Russos, you know, took home the rest of the way. So infinity, like what? So in infinity war, infinity war. Yeah. Like, okay. So looks great in a beard. <laughs> oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know, that, that might be part of the reason why I like that look so much is <laughs> I was just like, Oh, he looks good in a beard. Um, but I, I liked, you know, and it's it's partially just due to how the movie is. It's such a huge movie that not everybody's going to get a huge amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. And if they had, I mean, I don't know exactly how they wrote those movies. If they wrote it together, I mean, I, I sure they say that it's like George Lucas where they, oh, I wrote it all at once. Right. But, you know, I'm sure Endgame is a lot different than what they had planned when they were making Infinity War. Um. But what I liked about that was how after the events of Civil War, you know, he doesn't have the shield. He's not really cap. He's not the Captain America, you know, but he's this new kind of Captain America where he's a very stoic, um, more mature. He, you know, he he's still doing what he thinks is right, but he's kind of a no bullshit taking kind. Of, he's just like, OK, you know we're going to do what we have to do here because Iron Man's gone now. Like we have to, you know, if he's not here, then I have to kind of step in, even though we had a huge fight mm. sort of thing. Um, I, I like that kind of take on it and he's very quiet, but again, that's probably just due to lack of lines because, you know, everybody has to have lines in that movie. And um, when Endgame comes around, he's going to be in it a lot more. Right. And so, you know, you you can kind of forgive not having many Captain America lines because he's going to have a bunch later. I will say, though, like that that reveal when he first comes in, he like, you know, he catches the the thing and he steps out of the shadows. That was and it's funny because he doesn't look like Captain America at all there. That's sort of the point is that he's not. Yeah. But like the move, the moment that he steps out, you go like, that's Captain America. Yeah. And that's that's like one of the things that impressed me most is like. Really made really made me look at like how much he sort of commanded that performance. Is that like he can step out not dressed at all like Captain America and say, "Oh, he's Captain America." That's that's Cap. You know, that is to mm. some that is to some degree the guy that I read in the comics, and that's what really what really got me there. One of my not so guilty pleasures is watching, um, going on YouTube and seeing fan reactions in the theaters mm-hmm. to you know, big moments in movies like that. And if you watch the, like there's a compilation of infinity war ones where it's, you know, the train going by and he catches the thing. It just, I mean, and the sound editing has a lot to do with it too. That, that, that clang it makes when he catches it mm-hmm. is just really cool. It's like, it's, you know, a completely silent part besides the train going by and you have the Avengers theme kind of start to swell in. He catches the thing and, you know, steps into the uh, light and people in those videos just go nuts for that. And it's like watching those videos gets, gives me chills all over again. Like if I, if I were to watch the movie right now, um, for example, like Thor coming into Wakanda, that's my favorite part of the movie. And 
I can watch it and like I'll get like oh that's cool still but listening to those fan reactions when Thor comes in just like it feels like you're watching it for the first time <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why it gives me that kind of reaction like a physical reaction but it's just really cool to hear other people enjoying it well that is like I mean now that we're all we're all at our houses by ourselves and that we're all you know even like sitcoms that like used to have you know studio laughter and that's not because people say like oh it's just because you're you know it's it's bad writing and they have to tell you where the jokes are it's like that's part of the thing is that it's like you're having sort of a communal experience even though they're not really there mm-hmm. i mean that's that is why you i mean if there is anything to people going to movies and people were going to movies less and less even before all this it's the experience of being around other people and as a, as a society, we've decided we don't like being around <laughs> other people because you're, because you hear less about like, Oh yeah, it was great to see like everybody laughing at the same part. And it was more, and it's more like, Oh, this guy was chewing really loud next to me <laughs> or he was, mm. they were on their phones. So there's that, there's that, I mean, that, that that's the trade off of like going to the, so like when this is all over and like movie theaters, we have to see how that's going to shake out. I think that's the thing you'll have to like, remind people of is that like remember how much more it feels when thor shows up and everybody freaks out versus like when you're at home and it's on your computer and you're sort of looking at your phone and yeah then going into end game you know for the character i thought it you know very good end and he was one of the arcs i felt like was completely maybe not everybody felt completely done you know, and they might not be because I mean, you know, if you just edited like a, a huge, you know, eight-hour movie of all the Captain America parts and throughout the whole thing, you'd be like, that's a very, it's a story that begins and it ends as it should. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody kind of gets that, I guess. Um. Uh. So, did you want to talk about costumes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 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 set it up. No, this is the, no, this is the transition. Oh, talk, this is the transition. Talk, talk to me about the con- okay. Yeah, I I said I don't particularly have any strong feelings about this. I mean, like the Avengers one. You don't? Actually, you would be surprised because I have trouble remember. I guess I don't watch these as as often as you do, and so I like obviously that the 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 Avengers one, the Avengers one, one stands out as being like that didn't work. The Age of Ultron one probably is the best, like all around, maybe. But yeah, they, they, I mean, they, the, they, had the, they had the idea of putting the straps like sort of on his shoulders, like pointing in to sort of make like a shape of his chest. I've been thinking about lines and how they make people people look because <laughs> I somebody made a Photoshop of Superman with like Henry Cavill Superman with like they photoshopped like a brief area on him, and they were kind of low rise, and if you, the briefs are lower eyes, then it looks, he looks longer and like he looks skinnier, even though like he, Henry Cavill, obviously like a totally jacked dude. Uh, Chris Evans is a jacked dude. He looks skinny in Avengers. I think because like the, something about the way the thing is shaped slims him. Whereas like in the other movies, they make, make more of like a, more triangles, which looks broader. And it's just that like the costume is, and that's like a thing that if you actually know something about how, fashion works and how clothing design works, which I do not other than my 
takes about Superman's brief rise. <laughs> <laughs> trunks, they should be, I should call them trunks. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it's just one of those things that like it's, they didn't design it right. And they didn't have, yeah. you know, they didn't have a whole lot of experience, I guess, doing that at that time. With the Avengers thing, the Avengers suit, the big thing is the cowl, I guess. I mean, when he doesn't have the helmet mask combo thing on, it looks a lot better, too. Mm-hmm. It's just it's that his ears are covered up and it just doesn't, I don't know, support his jawline. I mean, that's another thing, too, is a lot of those cowls and helmets had a chin strap on them. So it kind of, yeah. it was, it's more lines in the face. Yeah, I can see um, that. You know, and then Winter Soldier, it tried to kind of borrow the best of, of things. Um, I mean, they, that stealth suit's really cool. And it is a little slimming, but that's, I think that's kind of the point. It's the stealth suit, mm. you know, that he does for shield missions. But then when they get to Age of Ultron, that's like the first time I was like, oh, that's the Captain America suit. Like, and the difference to me, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big person on spotting, spotting the differences between the costumes. Mm-hmm. But when I finally realized that the white sleeves weren't um, on the Civil War costume, mm-hmm. I, like this, I think the Civil War costume doesn't look as good because the Age of Ultron one actually has the white, which is what you know, the comics, the cartoons, the video games had. Mm-hmm. So it was just a blue blue sleeves and it just kind of looked a little off. Um, and then even in Endgame, they don't have it. But if you combined how that Endgame suit looked with the scales and the overall design and just put the white bits, like honestly, that's all that would satisfy me is just putting the white bits on his arms. It's just funny that, that that's that's my... I just want to combine those two suits a little bit, and then I think that would have been the perfect thing. You know, I I, I tell a lie. I actually do have a, a preferred suit in those movies. Yeah, I know the what the USO the USO yeah. suit. If yeah, if if you didn't ha- if they had made a good mask, I would be happy. I mean, it's, it's the 1940s, so it's like cloth is okay, right? I, I would. Mean, I know. I know this is not a commercially viable idea. I know this is my fan thinking or whatever, but. It would make me very happy to see if you could, if somebody out there will Photoshop the helmet from the later first Avenger final cap costume onto him in the USO suit. Uh, I will, I will give out no prizes. <laughs> so I think we, I think we've talked about the MCU pretty <laughs> a, bit. a bit. Let's talk about my area of expertise. Uh, the comic books. Uh, so you, have you ever actually read any Captain America like solo comics? Like I know you've read you've read Born Again, so you've read obviously a very like uh, one of the most iconic Captain America things ever. Actually, is in, in Born Again about he's got the kind of voice that can c- control or command a god and does. The thing about I'm loyal to nothing but the dream general. Like that's a lot of the biggest, some of the biggest, you know, cap stuff that people go back to in the comics. Um, he's in Infinity Gauntlet. You read Infinity Gauntlet, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So he's a big guy in that. Um, but yeah, have you ever read, actually read like a Captain America comic? I do have Captain America. I think they're year doubles from when we were kids. 
that he he had like a couple extra issues or something. Mm-hmm. And I do have those. But I don't think I ever really went through them. So I would say that very limited knowledge. I mean, I know we got into this with the Daredevil um, talk that we did, but you know, I, I enjoyed seeing the learning th- about the comic books through those like big encyclopedia books that you had mm-hmm. of Marvel universe stuff. And those are more <laughs> what I read. And those aren't like talking about their personality at all. It's just kind of like biographies or whatever. Right. Um, so I would say, yeah, like born again, yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. I, I can't really think of any other, like, actually reading a Captain America comic, though. And that's interesting. That, so you have the sort of perception of him as being, as being stars and stripes. I think, yeah. that, I think that comes up more in, like, a group book or, like, in a, in a guest appearance. Because, like, if you actually read, like, a Captain America comic, he is, like, in his head the whole time. Because those are always about, like, well, because I said, like, comic writers tend to make it, like, a they'd feel the responsibility to comment on America in some way. And so Captain America is always thinking about like, well, am I doing the right thing here? Is this the way it should be now? Am I, you know, what is the most ethical choice I can make in this situation? So I do think that there's more conflict in the character of Captain America that you see in his own book that whereas when he's in the Avenger, he's in the Avengers. He's, you know, I'm Captain America. Like I've, that's my per, you know, that's my personality. Is that I'm the I'm the the big tough guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the rock. But in the in the in the comic, he's very much not a rock. He is always second guessing, not his core principles, but like second guessing how he's living up to those. I guess. Mm-hmm. What I, you know, and again, I didn't read it, but I go on the internet and everything, and I've seen. I think it was from Civil War. But there was a part where, like, the Punisher, or, like, you know, Captain America's beating the Punisher up and being like, you're a piece of shit. And, you know, it's like, you know, everybody's like, well, why isn't Frank Castle fighting back? And he says, like, I'm not going to fight you, Cap. And, like, I thought that was kind of a cool, that was kind of a show-don't-tell moment where it's like, you you don't need, um... I don't know. You don't don't need Frank Castle to be like, you know, to explicitly say, well, he's like, you know, I'm the Punisher. If there's nothing to punish, then like, you know, I'm not going to fight a person. And also, he's like, you know, I, I mean, he he signed up for the army, so he's, you know, he has a certain right a respect that's there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, but I thought that was kind of cool that like even the Punisher is just like he's such a good guy. I. I <laughs> I, I would feel bad fighting him because he's the best of us. I think that uh, J. Jonah Jameson is okay with, with Captain America as well, canonically. So like his, his, I never thought about that. I think I, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, a lot of people have written J. Jonah Jameson over the years in different ways, but I think one of the sure. one of the things they get they go back to is that like, yeah, Captain America is a good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think, but like, so you're, so sort of circling back around, you have like sort of a perception that like the comic Captain America is different than the MCU Captain America. And it's interesting because like, I always, I, I do, I think of like Chris Evans as Captain America as being like, oh yeah, that is the guy from the comics that I 
you know, grew up reading or whatever, but he is subtly different. And I think sort of you're talking about vulnerability is one thing. Cause he has that in his solo series, but it's like more of a personality thing that you get from an actor. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is when I do reread comics that, you know, I do come across like in a trade or something, I tend to not maybe purposely, but I read it in the voice of the actor that portrayed them on a screen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I read Matt Murdock stuff and I think of, I think of Charlie Cox's daredevil. Um, and Iron Man, you know, if he pops up in something, I, you know, I, in infinity gauntlet, I could hear, I could hear bits of Robert Downey Jr. Saying those lines, but the one person I, that just did not sound right was Chris Evans saying Captain America lines in um, Infinity Gauntlet or like Born Again or whatever. That, that doesn't sound like something he would say. And I have to admit that like when I, I feel the same, that like when I read Captain America comics, I don't hear Chris Evans. And I have a theory about this. I have been reading these like all my, you know, fu- functionally all my life, right? Imagine me, like, you know, I meet Captain America when I'm a kid, right? There are characters, I think, when you read them like that, that you always, they sort of fix their, their relative ages to yourself in their head, in your head. It's like Captain America is always like your dad, not like our dad, but like Captain America is always like the dad, right? He's like older than you. He sees stuff. He's like, he knows stuff. Then you have like characters like, like Wally West is like your cool older brother. Again, not your obviously cool older brother but but you know like while i was like oh yeah he's like you know he's not he's not not like a dad but like he's you know he's a little he's a little bit older than me but like i still get him we can like hang out it would be cool and like spider-man is like you that's just you batman is always going to be a dad nightwing is always going to be the cooler brother robin is you even though like obviously i'm i'm older than nightwing or wally west my cool older brother would be and that's sort of like, and that's, and that's why I think, but anyway, to some of us that like, I think in the comics, like I will always have that thing of like Captain America, no matter how old he looks in the comic, he's, you know, 20 years older than me. He knows everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you, because you had mentioned that you thought that Chris Evans was maybe like sort of young when they cast him. I think that we see Captain America in the movies as maybe like almost a peer you know, like he's better than you and I are, but like he is of your same, you know, sort of so that sort of that relative age, you know, like he's not your dad. Sure. But I mean, that just goes because we're we're adults watching these movies. Well, yeah, but, and that, but the I, kids that are but like, I think that's that's a sort of a that's sort of like a magic of art thing that you can't reduce is that like Batman is always older than me. Whereas, like, when you see an actor being Batman, it's like, well, he's younger than me, so, like, he might play this different. And I think it's important that, like, we that Chris Evans is young, and so he doesn't have that kind of, like... Because Comic Cap is the dad. He has authority. You know, he always commands people. He get, like, Chris Evans gives orders, but he's not... He's like, It's like, this is a good idea, and not, like, I you are to follow my orders. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is my my new theory that I've been I've been cooking up about the dad, the older brother, <laughs> and you. 
it also flips in gender. Wonder Woman is a mom. So you are not totally down with the 616 Captain America. I can respect that. Make I mean, old. again, it's in very, I mean, my very limited amount that I've read of him. Like like how uh, with Daredevil, um, if you had trade paperbacks or something of like, these are good Captain America comics to read to get him. I might have a little bit of a different opinion. Well, if you were ever curious, you would probably want to start with the uh, Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting Captain America run. That's what introduces the Winter Soldier. And that's sort of like where modern Captain America starts. I don't, you know, that's my Captain America is like an older Captain America. I mean, I like Roger Stern and John Byrne is like that Captain America for me. But I don't know that you would necessarily enjoy those issues as much as I would just because we look for different things in our comics, right? Right. So anyway, if you're ever interested, read the Ed Brubaker ones, but I've never read them. So <laughs> I, I hear they're good. Everyone says that they're good. So I will, I will trust them. Um, the opposite of everything that is good. <laughs> um, do you, yeah, do you, this is going, do you know about, do you know about ultimate captain America? Um, I think you had, I had the, Some... the first one of the Ultimates and I think most of Ultimates too, and then I stopped going to the comic book store regularly. Um, I kind of read more about it online and just saw like the famous panels mm-hmm. that they would you know show and be like, look how bad this guy is compared <laughs> to what we all like. Just from the impressions, I mean, even in that first Ultimates issue, they... Uh, just make him kind of out to be maybe a racist asshole or something and like not. So what's funny about the ultimates is that it was designed to be, this is how you do the Avengers as a movie. Like explicitly to the, to the point of like, that's where Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury comes from is because they drew, he said, Brian Hitch, draw him as Samuel L. Jackson. And in the script, I will have the Avengers or the ultimates sit around and talk about who should play them in a movie. And you can say, Samuel L. Jackson should play me. That actually happens. Right. I, I remember that. Like, even going back as far, like, reading The Ultimates as maybe a teenager or whatever. I, I Like, that's something I still remember. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't, that wasn't something I, I post, you know, like, after Iron Man came out and Nick Fury came up. I wasn't like, oh, I wonder where they got that idea from. I was like, did they really do that? <laughs> but it's funny that, like, they the, mov- the movies really... So I feel like the early blueprint for the MCU was the Ultimates, where like the where Shield gathers the team and they're kind of a strike force. But I think like they really move away from that, especially in Captain America, because they make him like Mark Miller is writing Ultimates and he is kind of an edge lord. <laughs> We've spoken about how much I don't like this guy, but he's trying to do like a commentary on it was the early two thousands. There's that sort of nine post nine eleven you know, conservative, like American, you know, military thinking. And he's supposed to be a commentary on that. And they decide not to do that at all in the movies. And I think, I think that is sort of the influence of Joss Whedon making it a personal thing too, is that like the MC was sort of built to be like, okay, we'll make this plausible by saying, it's not plausible that these guys would hang out, just decide to hang out in a mansion by themselves. We'll say that this, 
military peacekeeping organization has assembled them as a strike force. And then Joss Whedon gets his hands on the whole status quo and is like, man, they should say screw the military. <laughs> and they go out and they go out on their own. And like, then they become the comics Avengers sort of, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think, I think it just, it's interesting how much from either part of the theory about the ultimates is that like, that was supposed to be sort of like a mean spirited joke in that like everybody always says like, Oh, I wonder what superheroes would be like in the real world. And then Mark Miller's joke is like, they'd all be really terrible. <laughs> like, Oh, Captain America would be like, have be a 1940s conservative and he would be a jerk. So like, it, I, I, you should be glad that Captain America is not a real guy. Mm-hmm. But then in the movie, they decide to make him a real guy. They, what if he actually was just like a good guy Mm-hmm. And it's so refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I I hate it whenever I read it on the internet, but like the OK Boomer thing. <laughs> but for like a lot of what I remember from Ultimate's Captain America, I was like, OK Boomer, like like that that I I thought OK Boomer before that was a thing. I guess maybe or just like all right, like it just it just seemed like you know going to a family thanksgiving or something like that and well that's that's supposed that's supposed to be like the satire that's what america was you got that like one older relative that's just like you know you you hear him talking you're just like okay like i guess i'll just let him go on this (laughs) whatever he's saying you know what do you think this a stands for france it's like what no nobody nobody thought that why are you even saying that why are you picking on france it's also been pointed out that if you had lived through world war ii Right, yeah. you would you would have a lot of respect for the French resistance fighters. Right, that yeah. is a thing that we that, like people make a joke about in retrospect. But like he was in if your if your point is that he has nineteen forties ideas about things, he would not say, "Oh, the French surrendered." Right, so, yeah, it's more of a <laughs> I felt like a thing that came around like the sixties and seventies was like, "Oh, France," you know. I'll be I'll be speaking German if it wasn't for us. Let's yeah. let leave this unpleasantness <laughs> and talk about uh, so like the man out of time concept. Like, what do you think about that's more of a thing I think in the comics than it is in the in the movies, which is sort of funny because in the comics, like when he comes out of the ice in like 1964, that's like less than 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that was like like now it makes it now it's it's like convenient for the story that he was on ice because it allows him to he would be an old man now obviously whereas like in that day it would be like it would just be like yeah captain america is like 20 years older and he's been he's back mm-hmm. so it wasn't yeah it was less of it but like, even at the even at the time it was sort of pitched as like you know it was like a big deal it's like oh it's the spirit of world war ii coming back and i think maybe that means meant more back then when like it was recent enough that you do remember it whereas for us that's like that's mythology for you know for you and me being born in the eighties is World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I can't really speak to the comics, but like for the movies at least, um, I did like that they had an original opening for the Avengers where they were. That was when they were still trying to make it maybe like Captain America one point five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they're like, well, okay, let's make this kind of more his movie. And they ended up making it more equal team, maybe a little bit more Iron Man just because he's the popular it's, movie one. Yep. Makes sense. Um, 
you know, but I like the original opening where he's going through files and like looking at the howling commandos and, you know, seeing who's dead and then seeing Peggy's alive. Um, a little thing that I liked in the first Avenger that they brought back in that too was he's sketching, you know, the New York skyline while he's like sitting at a cafe and, um, you know, the waitress comes by and she goes, oh, you know, you can, you can keep the table as long as you want. You know, people usually sit here to just watch Iron Man fly by. Um, she goes, yeah, we have, you know, free wireless if you need it. And she walks away and as he's she's walking away, he goes, radio? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I like that. That was, that was kind of a more subtle kind of like, I don't get, you know, they, they beat you over the head with like, I got, I, I understood that reference. You know, right. it's a meme now. You know, but that was kind of like a nice little, like, he didn't know, like, he didn't understand, like, conceivably, at you know, the the time between the end of the first Avenger and the first Avengers movie is like a week or two or something. I, I don't know what it's right. supposed to be. I don't know. I mean, it might be a year or something, but like the way I had, I was taking it is that he's only been back for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they do go more into it, like in the Winter Soldier, he's making a list of all the things that he should catch up on. And, you know, I think that that's kind of interesting. And then they do kind of, I think maybe at that point they figured, okay, we've done that enough. And now it's like a couple years later, by the time you get to Civil War, he's like flying the Quinjet. Yeah, and that is part of the thing with movies is that like they have, you don't get like the serial experience of like watching it play out in you know, monthly chunks. It's like, well, there must have been some time between this because everybody looks two years older. So I guess we, we can't, we can't pretend that this is like the next week. Like you can from month to month in the superhero comic. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the movies do that though. Some, some I mean, of them do, some of them do, but like for the, like you can't, it's hard. It's hard to say that like between winters, you know, winter soldier and age of Ultron. And it's like, you can't really say like it's the next week. Right, yeah. Tony Stark's got to build below suits again, so that's true. Yeah. Uh, so, I want to get your take on Bucky and the Winter Soldier because you will probably feel differently about that as someone who didn't have comics in the blood. Okay, so going into the movies, I knew who Bucky was. I knew what the Winter Soldier like. I knew the story of mm-hmm. it. Going walking into Winter Soldier, it wasn't like a surprise to me that Bucky's back. But I th- think that like maybe my only complaint with how the movies started out and like kind of progressed was I-, I think in First Avenger they could have made Bucky more important, more of a brother, more of a you know not just a close friend, but just his brother in arms, right? Right. But we grew up together and everything. Yeah. And this is something that I think is, I was talking about how like first Avengers is kind of like more of a conventionally structured movie. I think that's sort of where the one place where they drop the ball is that. So I like uh, Peggy Carter, the character. I really like that show uh, when it was on. Um, but like, I feel like Peggy Carter in that movie is, it's Hollywood producers going like, gotta have a love interest in this movie and so that becomes like the because like the the movie by the end of it is about 
their relationship, you know, about I got to put the plane into the water and we're going to miss out on whatever it is we were going to have. But then like the next two movies are all about like this guy who we saw and we like liked, but like when he was killed off in the first Avenger, I felt like, okay, they just, that it's felt, it felt like, like plot gears moving, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like this, like I, I feel like that movie, the next two movies would be stronger if the emotional climax of the movie was in fact like Bucky dies and not, I don't get to go out with Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but then it's weird because, uh, yeah. because then it circles back around in Endgame. We're like, oh, it is about her. Yeah. It just, I, I, I don't know, especially like going into even the first Avenger, I knew what was going to happen to Bucky, but I don't know if that had anything to do with it, that I was just like, I was like, okay, that's going to happen. And that's going to be a story beat. It felt like more. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like more a story beat Mm. than a character, like a character that you really, you should be devastated by the fact that Bucky dies. It should almost be a Captain America and Bucky movie. Right. And then all of a sudden they take away your character, like one of your characters. And then it's just a Captain America thing. Um, if they would have made it a huge deal, then by the time Winter Soldier comes along, and if you don't know, like if you're watching just the movies and you have no idea what the Winter Soldier is and then that big reveal, that would be an awesome reveal to have. Mm-hmm. But I kind of felt that the way that they handled Bucky in the first one, people were probably like, oh yeah, that's right, that one guy he was like in that troop with it's like no it's not a guy he was in the troop with that was his best friend right that was his brother but yeah but, but it's also the case that like in at least in the original conception in the comics and it's, it's changed somewhat those comics do sort of retcon their relationship but like again it's captain america was the dad and he was a kid you know so when bucky dies it's not i lost my best friend it's i failed this child you know, right. so it's like, it's like a different, it's a different thing. And then like, so for me, it was like, I go in expecting Bucky to be a subordinate in the movies. He's like an equal or Steve drew the long straw to get the captain America powers. And I feel like if we had had more time in the movie to really like make that be what the movie is about, then I might be behind it more. I like, I mean, I like, I like, I like him in the movies well enough yeah i mean and that's another one of those retroactive things that i like is after watching winter soldier and civil war the camaraderie that you see in those movies makes me feel more in though like in those short bits than the whole yeah the first avenger did with bucky right because like when they when they were in winter soldier and they like they're they're talking you know they're talking is like this is you know how we feel about each other we're like really close friends and we would do anything for each other I believe it there, but like, if I think back to like, like, oh yeah, they were like, they were really tight and, you know, I back mean, in the forties. That, that whole bit about, I'm with you to the end of the line. Like if that had been in the first Avenger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there needs to be more than just that line. There needs to be a lot more buildup with Bucky. But if that line had been in there when the winter soldier is being the crap out of Captain America on the helicarrier and Winter Soldier, and he said, you know, Captain America's like, fine, then finish your mission because I'm with you to the end of the line. That would have been like, 
that would have been one of those uh I can do this all day sort of moments. Yeah. And that's just, you know, it, it was just a call back to earlier in the movie. Yeah. But that, you know, that's that's just one of those things that's like that's how the MCU changed and this nothing was planned because it was planned to be the ultimates and everything it took on a life of its own and they think that's the the secret of the MCU. Mm-hmm. So last um I just because I think they're neat, I want to tell you about Serpent Society. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you you will recall that, um, and you will recall may you recall this out there in Radio Land, is that when they announced Captain America Civil War at like was it at San Diego or whatever wh- wherever it was, I th- I'm sure it was Comic Con in San Diego. They revealed like the title Captain America Serpent Society. And then it changes on the screen to Captain America Civil War and like the crowd goes nuts, obviously. But there was one person waiting at <laughs> watching this video at home who actually felt a little let down that they weren't <laughs> making a Serpent Society <laughs> movie. And his name is Justin Zyduck. <laughs> so the, the deal with the Serpent Society, right? So they're all snake-based villains. But Mark... <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why that but it gets, didn't come to fruition. It gets better. <laughs> Is that in the eighties, Mark Greenwald was writing it and he liked to do some sort of like commentaries on current events. The Serpent Society became like a trade union for supervillains. So the deal was that like, okay, do you want so like being a supervillain you're kinda on your own, right? But if you join the Serpent Society, if you take on a snake based name and you join our club, you pay your dues. You paying it, you know, a portion of like your your earnings from your crime or from your mercenary jobs. You get health insurance. We look out for you. We help you out on, on assignments. It's like it was it was a really cool idea. Like I really like the idea that like instead of just everybody being like Electro is on his own and making his plans goes to jail. The idea is that like yeah, what if we all just what if we had a union and then if I get caught and go to jail, you guys will bust me out because that's why I'm paying my union dues. And I think that level of idea, like that level of idea being in the Marvel universe that like there's a bunch of snake dudes out there who have each other's back because they're in a club. That's really fun to me. It's like how, and I'm sure that they're not going to do it in the, in the black widow movie with the taskmaster, but the task taskmaster's deal is that he will, or at least originally taskmaster does not want to fight you. He wants to fight. He wants to train other people. And that's how like, you know, that's how all your, like, uh, big villains got their like henchmen it's that like this guy is this is who you call up you say like hey i need 20 guys to take over this base and taskmaster is like oh sure i'm gonna you know I'll, I'll train these guys with all my expertise and send them out to you but then the avenger shows up and he's like whoa i, I can't fight iron man i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna get out of here <laughs> so i really like the idea that like you are a villain and you have powers and stuff but like you see that there's more money in this to take a sort of behind the scenes role you don't want to rob the bank yourself. You just train some people to rob a bank and, you know, uh, Dr. Octopus will pay you some money. That I, th- I, th- I think that's a, that's a more fun thing than just, he's a really cool assassin. You know, what I, what I think is funny about this is I don't know if we've actually like seen the whole, like that whole panel, but, but how it goes was they had all the movies, they put like a timeline on the screen and they were going movie by movie and announcing them. And like in the middle was Captain America Serpent Society. So and they didn't like change it right away. Mm-hmm. It was like a thing that they kept up there for probably like 15, 20 minutes. So I like the idea of 
had you been watching that live or something, you would have been like for 20 minutes. Yes. We're good. Just like, they're doing it. I can't believe it. It's happening. <laughs> and like, you know what? I w-. And then Kevin Feige says, what does he say exactly? It's like, you know, one of those titles I'm just not really feeling. <laughs> I could just I could just see you sitting in that audience <laughs> with, the, with, with just like, you just go completely white and just go. Oh no! It's gonna be the Captain America one, isn't it? They're gonna do. Oh, I hate Civil War. They're gonna do Civil War, isn't it? Captain America Civil War. Boo! Yeah, the one person who was like not pleased by that. I want to see Sidewinder in a movie. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought that was, that was a funny visual for me, at least. My pain is funny. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> well, Zach, thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you once again for having me. Don't worry out there. He's not literally stopping by. We are doing this over <laughs> Skype. Um, if anybody was worried, I'm not doing my show with Ryan either. We live in different states. And uh, before this all happened, we used to drive to a <laughs> to a studio exactly between Wisconsin and the, and New England <laughs> and record there. But now we just do it over Skype. And you know what? That's, that's pretty good too. Um, but yeah, Ryan will be back with me for our regularly scheduled Indefensible Inc. dropping as always the first and third Wednesday of every month. If you like the podcast, subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Indefensible Inc. and on Facebook. Email us at indefensibleinc at gmail.com. Hit us up if there's something you think we should be reviewing. Uh, Hit me up if there's something that you want to hear. This guy who doesn't like comics at all. Uh, if you want to, if you want to know what this guy who who hates comic books <laughs> thinks about about a character, uh, drop us a line and we will try to arrange that. But um, until next time, I have been Justin Zyduck, and I was Zach Zyduck, and he was making an obscene hand gesture at me on the video. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>